Lloyd Bethel, Alan Carr. I'm gonna capture this. Come on! Give me your wallet. Don't you? <laughs> well, there goes the money for the lipo. <laughs> See, the great thing about robbing a fat guy is it's an easy getaway, you know? They can't really chase you. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually doing them a favor. It's less money for them to buy food. But I don't want to be a secondary character. Hello. 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 And welcome to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. My name is Stephen. I'm Stacy. I'm Ivan. And this is a Seinfeld podcast where we take a random Seinfeld episode and examine the secondary characters from it. This week, we are doing the final ever Seinfeld episode, but not our final episode, the finale. Thankfully not. We still have plenty of episodes to go. And uh, yes, uh, this was actually one that you wanted to do, Stephen. Uh, I was a bit hesitant about doing the finale so early on, but uh, you were pretty keen. Well, I just had to pick an episode, and I thought, well, why not just do the finale? All right. Excellent. A very polarizing episode. It was polarizing then, and it's polarizing Mm. now. But Mm -hmm. I'd love to... I'm looking forward to hearing your takes on the finale and what you two actually think of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And in case you haven't guessed, Stacey is joining us. Oh, yes. Once again. That was me saying hello. Welcome back, (laughs) Stacey. I didn't introduce him. No. I said hello. (laughs) Hopefully people, you know... I can work out that there's another person in the room. Yeah, it's with true. three in, microphones. Woohoo! <laughs> I still don't have my microphone stand, so I'm, I'm holding my shaft once again. Slowly but surely. Slowly but surely it'll happen. Uh, I have notes today. Well, 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 obviously there's so many secondary characters in this episode. We're not going to go through every single one because either we've already talked mm. about them in previous Bidwabask episodes. Or they're coming up. Or they're coming up yep. soon. Uh, so I guess I just have notes on some new secondary characters, like newly introduced ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got notes on District Attorney Hoyt, uh, Judge Vandalay, the president of NBC Kimbra, uh, the carjacker. Well, actually, no, I don't have notes on him, but he's featured in it. Uh, Officer Fogel and uh, Howie. He's actually the guy who gets robbed, the poor mm. fat man. Uh, who else do you have notes on? Uh, I've got a couple of notes on Stu and Jay Crespi, the NBC execs. Oh, yes, we did talk about them previously in the pitch episode a few yep. weeks ago. Yep. And uh, other than that, a couple of notes on Captain Maddox, the pilot of the uh, jet that goes down and causes <laughs> the whole situation. <laughs> Thanks, Kramer. <laughs> I've always loved United Airlines. <laughs> and if you love us as much as uh, United Airlines we pretends love to love other. United, <laughs> that's right. You can email us at bidwabaspodcast at gmail You can check out us, uh, check out us, check us out on social media. Mm-hmm. All the details are in the show notes. Uh, you can listen to previous episodes on any podcast service you choose. And if you want to support us financially, you can check out our Patreon uh, for exclusive content. Every fortnight we do a little bonus goodie. Yes, um, and you do get episodes a week early as well. So head on over there and check it out. And exclusive. we also have pa- exclusive. Exclusive, yes. And we also have PayPal as well. So links to those are in the show notes. So if you don't want to be relationship George, you want to be independent George and help us financially, we do have PayPal as well. That's right. The one off. And the bonus content that we're doing this week uh, would have been last week uh, for you listening on our normal feed uh, is actually, uh, I guess, a bit of a rundown on the history of the finale and how it was polarizing when it came out yeah. and how opinions have changed over time. And we'll be sort of giving our takes and whether they've changed as well. So if you want to hear that, uh, that you can check it out on Patreon. Mm. Yes, it'd be a nice uh, retrospective on what happened. It'll be a juicy years, little tidbit to like add on to the, you know, like a little side dish for the episode. That a little we're doing side now. salad. Yeah. A little side salad. To the not, big the big salad. not the big salad. No. Small salad. That yep. would be too much. That would be it was really too, too big. <laughs> Stacey got credit for the big salad. That for the small salad. You did. Stacey got credit for it. Yeah, so we're we're polite. We credit Stacey for the salad references that she deserves. We credit <laughs> Stacey for bringing this podcast up a couple of notches. So. <laughs> from a small salad. From I a small like, From a small, limpy, 
like overdress salad to like a fresh, big, mm. fragrant salad with the right amount of dressing and a really variety of textures. Like radicchio, mm. and, you know, and, shredded and, radicchio and like a balsamic <laughs> vinaigrette. And tomatoes the size of volleyballs. Yeah. <laughs> of olive oils. The size, the size of, of, um, <laughs> olive, of bottles. olive bottles. <laughs> yeah, something That's like that. That's a big tomato. Huge. Actually, someone's bought some, every now and again, someone will just randomly bring some stuff and leave it in the kitchen at my work. And someone's left two enormous, but like bulging, full shopping bags of lemons that they've obviously gotten at like a farmer's market or from like a family friend who's got a tree who's like going nuts. But these lemons are honestly like two, they're like nearly like a small child's football. Wow. Oh, wow. I know obviously it doesn't really translate for the people at home, but like as wide as your head, obviously not as long. Yeah, yeah. Like like melon sized lemons. (laughs) Like bigger than a grapefruit? Bigger than a grapefruit. Wow. Bigger than a grapefruit. I have never seen such big lemons in my life. Anabolic lemons. Yeah. I haven't bothered to take one home because I'm just assuming that they'll be awful. Because when it comes to fruit, I usually feel like smaller is better who said gmo was a bad thing oh my god they're bizarre (laughs) they're like alien lemons i can imagine like a gym bro just injecting them with anabolic steroids come on man (laughs) come on get Get jacked up get jacked yeah well they're swollen lemons you myron bro (laughs) seinfeld anyway anyway, seinfeld isms that is the intersection of seinfeld and our daily lives uh stacy is anything seinfeld related happened to you this week no i don't think so Stevie boy? Yeah, I've got a good one, actually. So I've just recently moved house and I went to uh, one of my most hated places, but I did it for the sake of, uh, for the sake of civility, shall we say. I went to Ikea. I hate Ikea. Oh, right. Well, I don't hate Ikea. I just hate going to places with crowds and stress and it's just too too much for me. Yeah. Shops, <laughs> but IKEA is especially bad. horrible. Yeah. Oh, I know it's like a maze in there. Yeah, I just I feel like a rat in a maze. Like yeah. I'm like I just want to get out of here. It actually is like have yeah. you not seen that there's like arrows and then there's like shortcuts. If you're like in the know, you can shortcut through the like speed sections. But I I went through a few shortcuts accidentally, but I mm. kind of went back. Mm. I was like in section eight, and then I shortcutted, and I ended up in section four. And I'm like, hang on. And then you said to yourself, I'm not going to buy anything. And then you came out with a whole trolley worth of stuff. No, we went in there to buy stuff. Okay, so it was. Actually, we got less than what we intended. We left some stuff at the checkout. Anyway, you did IKEA, right, nice. my friend? I did. And where's the Seinfeld? I had the right IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we were looking at couches. Even though we just bought a couch three days ago, we already had couch envy. Yeah. And a couch, and I actually posted this on my Seinfeld group, Seinfeldisms. Mm. Uh, a couch actually had a stain on it. Oh my god! Mm. And Poppy. it was on the same side as uh, Poppy stain as yeah, well. Yeah, it was so. right over on the left. Yeah, I, I, I was on. It, it was, I saw it today on the. Social. Yeah, it was on the right, facing all the left. <laughs> the left cushion sitting down. Yes. Yeah. Poppies yeah. are getting a little sloppy. Yeah. Awesome. So I was pretty happy about that. Oh, that's rad. What about you? No, nothing for me. Nothing for like the third or fourth week in a row. It is yeah. insane. Crazy. Just got to go get out. out there and get some more Seinfeldisms happening. Mm, I know. Just I'm just trying own. to think. I mean, I did. I was driving down um, Nicholson Street in like Brunswick yesterday and drove past this place. It's like a drive-through pizza and coffee shop. Oh, I, okay. I know the place you're talking about. And they've got the Seinfeld And they've got uh, um, Elaine and Kramer yeah. as well as like other characters from other like TV and film stuff. And oh. I was just like staring out the window of my Uber and was like, oh, Elaine. And was like, ah. Yep. So I guess that's one. Like yeah, I saw okay, stuff cool. and obviously it, it instantly resonates with me and sort of gave me a reason to have a little smile. So yeah, yep. that's something. That's a that's a great Seinfeld. That's great. It? That's <laughs> excellent. 
You were I driving along and accidentally saw Seinfeld. Yeah, true, true, uh, true. Some some of our Seinfeldisms have been like way, way, way more tenuous. Drawing than some, oh, of yeah. Yeah. some of them are, uh, should be caught into question. Yeah, mm. I think we're, sometimes we're just reaching. Yeah, <laughs> just for the sake of having one. Well, the there you go. I saw some pictures on a shop <laughs> of Seinfeld. <laughs> Last night, not just of any Seinfeld. pictures of yes. Seinfeld. Very yep. good. Yes. All right, Seinfeld news. Yeah, how many pieces do you have this week? Uh, three to get through this week. All right, beautiful. Uh, so the first one uh, is some pretty good news. So uh, through the last sort of six months, I've been drip feeding details as they've been coming out about the next season of Kobe Enthusiasm. Um, so it's been going on for nearly 20 years and this will be the uh, 10th season. Uh, it comes out as of January. Uh, no particulars have been released yet, uh, but it was confirmed by a guy named Jeff Garland and I think he works for HBO. I think Jeff Garland's also one of the characters. I think he plays oh, Larry's friend, Jeff. Okay. Yeah. Right. I think he's the same guy as well. Yeah. Okay. Pretty sure. Uh, yeah. He tweeted out that uh, we'll return to HBO in January. And like I said, it'll be the 10th season. And um, I'll uh, talk about more details as they come to light over the next couple of months. Very good. I'm looking so forward to that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I got to watch. I've already watched seasons one and two like ages ago. Got to get back on it. Yeah. Watch I've it. only seen a couple of random apps. I haven't watched I've much never at watched all. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, get cracking. Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't feel. I feel like I'm somehow like less of a Seinfeld I feel fan like a fraud. for it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do feel like a bit of a fraud. Mm. But also, it's not Seinfeld. So no. I think that's why I didn't get there initially when it first came out. Mm. But yeah, I'll. It's on my list. Cool. Yeah, it's on mine as well. Fair enough. Uh, second bit of news is uh, a bit unfortunate. Um, Rick Ludwin, he was the former head of Castle Rock, which was a production company that was behind Seinfeld. Do, 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 do. Exactly. That's, that's the <laughs> uh, He And he was the one of the main champions of Seinfeld when it was getting off the ground in 1989. He, I think, is the person that struck the deal with Seinfeld, or at least initially uh, like hooked up Seinfeld with NBC and sort of got it going. Yeah, he's the one that basically got it going when yeah. everyone thought this is a ridiculous concept. He... You champion the show. So he was the Stu and Jake. Yeah, he was yeah. the Stu and Jake. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jay. Sorry, I thought it was Jake. <laughs> Jay Crespi. Yeah. So oh, that's why. Jake yeah. Crespi. Yeah. I get the like. Jake, Jake Crespi. Or Jay Crespi. Jay Crespi. <laughs> just rolls up the tongue. Jay Crespi. Crespi. Yeah, you can't just Crespi, say Jay. Crespi. <laughs> Crespi, Crespi. I was going to say Jay Crespi. Yeah. Uh, he unfortunately passed away a couple of days ago on November 10, which Aww. is two days prior mm. to us recording this episode. He was 71. Um, no details about uh, how he passed, um, but there was quite a few tributes. I know Jason Alexander put out a nice tweet. Yeah, he did. Um, in yep. honor of him and a couple of other uh, staff members or cast members of yeah. Seinfeld. Um, and there was a what really a legacy. Ni- yeah, there was a really nice article that went in. I won't go into detail now, but if you just head to, uh, I believe it was Entertainment Tonight. Um, you'll see like a really nice article and it, it, it talks about the history of, um, you know, how he got Seinfeld started and how he had to like convince the CEO at the time and, you know, just mm. basically the pitch, but in real life. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So unfortunate news there. Mm. Uh, third bit of news. Um, this is kind of one of those moments where uh, like a Seinfeld moment, you know, when a thing happens in real life and nothing really happens and people say it was a Seinfeld day or whatever. Mm. Mm. But... Uh, And bear with me. So there's a guy named Rick Pitino, and he's a disgraced former basketball coach of the, I think, the University of Louisiana, maybe. Uh, Okay. Or no, Louisville. Sorry. Louisville. Yeah. I've just got UOL, Uh but I forgot to note whether it was Louisville or Louisiana. Oh, don't want to get the wrong one. (laughs) Yeah. So he's the former coach of their team. And uh, this article says he's disgraced. It doesn't say why he is. Um, And he's had a bit of a rivalry with uh, the... uh, 
governor of Kentucky. His name is Matt Bevan. And uh, recently there was a um, uh, an election in Kentucky uh, for the governorship, and Matt Bevan actually lost by about 5,000 votes. Oh, yeah. So Rick Pitino, again, the former disgraced coach, he put mm-hmm. out a tweet, um, and it was just the Jerry eating popcorn saying, that's a shame, me. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a shame. Savage. Yeah, that's a shame. That's savage. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Sometimes it's just put in the, some of the most inappropriate things. I know. It's like, this happened. Oh, that's a shame. How did you mm. find out about that? Some uh, guy blowing up some other guy on Twitter? It was Twitter. just a news article. Seriously? Yeah, so I, I, I just lifted all that yeah. information from a news article. So someone reported about, obviously in so, Kentucky or in college basketball, this is like big news, this big rivalry right. between this former coach, Rick Pitino, and this governor. Uh, governor. So in that world, it's like a big thing. And okay. then you so put on people, that Jerry pe- GIF. Yeah, people are reporting on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah, so they just reported cool. on the, on the shade that he threw him. Oh, shit. So it's pretty good, though. Oh, that's just like, that's a shame. That's a shame. <laughs> and he lost by 5,000 votes, which in, uh, you know, Isn't in, huge. in state elections yeah. in America is not a lot at yeah, all. not a lot at all. I don't know how many times there's been, like, certain situations that have happened and, like, I don't think that there's any like greater pleasure in, like, seeing something unfortunate happen to someone else and just being like, Oh, that's a shame because yeah. like i feel like that's such a great response to it though because like it doesn't really come off in a way that's like malicious but you are still enjoying that like degree of like you know celebrating somebody else's like misfortune but it's not just pure in a like schadenfreude huh it's just pure schadenfreude yeah it's just like ah like ah. whatever <laughs> sucks to be you no i wouldn't call someone out and like send them a gif about it but there are definitely moments where things happen where you're just like Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. <laughs> that's a shame. For that's yourself a- as well. Like I've I've said that more times than I could count. Yeah. <laughs> and using a Seinfeld reference just makes it that much sweeter. It does. Yes. And that's what makes us relevant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we'll talk about not our finale, luckily, but the finale of Seinfeld, the series finale, season nine, episodes 23 and 24. And obviously, like we mentioned before, there's so many secondary characters. We're not going to go through all of them, but just the newly intro- introduced ones. So uh, we'll come back and talk Fresh about those. Yes. Hey, Seinfeld fans. We've got lots of really cool things we're planning for Bidwabask in the future. That's right. We're growing and evolving. And to help us in that process, we're asking you to take literally two minutes to answer a really small survey that we've set up. That's right. If you head to the link that's in our show notes of the podcast, we'd really, really appreciate it. We sure would. And uh, thanks so much for your support. And now on to this week's episode. Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. We are talking about the finale, yes. season 9, 23, 24, mm-hmm. or 23, really? Yeah. <laughs> you want to get technical? It was essentially almost like at the time it aired, it was almost like an hour and a half long episode. Yeah, yeah it's like a 56-minute um, video file. Plus commercials. Well, that's what that, I mean. That's when it first yeah, aired. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. No, like when you take out the commercials. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just the actual episode video is like 56 mm, minutes. Anyway, yeah. um, so obviously we are talking about the finale and mm. we would like to find out if we have some Seinfeld trivia. Well, yes. first of episode, all, I'll read it. Episode trivia? Well, I'll read a small plot synopsis Oh, first. we could also <laughs> do that one. <laughs> just in case people, because the finale, as I did mention at the start of the show, is uh, very divisive amongst critics and fans. Mm. Uh, many people... People think that, you know, it sucks and it's one of the worst ever made. Other people think it's misunderstood in retrospect. Um, I mean, it's a very Seinfeld finale. It's a very Seinfeld finale. And I have to admit as well, I, I don't think it's the worst Seinfeld episode, but I think it's one of. 
Um, I don't know. I just think it's the writing was really. I don't know. It was just really poor. And Why don't we talk about the episode at the end when we rank it? Yeah. All right. Sounds yep. good. We'll do that. Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> just cut me off. It's like I was going to go on a rant about the finale, but that's fine. Anyway, plot synopsis for the finale. First aired in the US, May 14, 1998. Directed by Andy Ackerman, written by Larry David, and this was his return to writing in the series. Uh, five years after he and George made their original pitch for Jerry, Jerry gets a call from NBC stating they don't they want to go ahead rather with the original proposal. As a perk, they offer him the company jet to take him anywhere he likes, and he, Elaine, George, and Kramer are soon winging their way to Paris. They don't get very far when the plane has to make an emergency landing thanks to Kramer's waterlogged ear from the beach. Uh, And they soon find themselves with a few hours to kill in a small town. When they see a fat man being carjacked, his name is is Howie, he's played by John Pennett, Uh, they make fun of it but are soon arrested under under a new Good Samaritan law. A good Samaritan law, I should say, for uh, failing to help him. Jeez, I struggled to get that one out. <laughs> uh, newly introduced secondary characters in this episode. James Rebhorn, he plays District Attorney Hoyt. Uh, Stanley Anderson plays Judge Vandalay. Peter Rygart, he plays um, NBC President Kimber, uh, Kimbra. Rather. Uh, Jeffrey Thomas Johnson plays the carjacker. Scott Jack plays Officer Fogel. He's the cop that arrests the call, the call for. And making appearances as themselves, Geraldo Rivera and Jane Wells. Nice. And a whole bunch of other secondaries that we'll get to that have already appeared in the show. Yeah, so many, so many. Now, trivia, Stace, like you said. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I just wasn't sure exactly which thing we were coming back from. But (laughs) I did have one little bit of trivia, which I had a sneaking suspicion and we've just confirmed previously. And the rain's Um, just pouring as you're uh, Fantastic. Lovely. Um, But the set, as soon as they got into, like, the township, is it Langham? Lanham? Latham, Massachusetts. Jeez Louise. Um, as soon as they started walking through the town, I was like, Gilmore Girls! And I didn't even watch a lot of Gilmore Girls. I only watched Gilmore Girls because my housemate that I was living with at the time was, like, obsessed with it and had it on DVD. Um, but, yeah, so they've used that for the set of, like, Gilmore Girls and Pretty Little Liars and a few other different shows. So if it looks familiar, folks, it's probably because you've seen it before. Yeah. Certainly. Nice. Nice. Very Any good. other trivia? I'm sure yeah. that's not oh, all there's, we've got. There's so much for this episode. We had to cut it down to yeah. like highlights. Just the main ones. Trivia highlights. Just the, the main highlights, I guess. I mean, for me, I've got, um, well, this was the fifth most watched television finale of all time behind The Fugitive, Cheers, Roots, and MASH. In What's that the order. Fugitive? The Fugitive was the one with the one armed man from like the 60s or 70s. Mm-hmm. It was like the guy who was, it was remade into a film. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. It's a Tom yeah, Clancy I was going to say, film, I recognize the Tom film. Clancy Tom Clancy. Uh, it might have been a book. Yeah. But it was, a, I think it was a TV show. Was oh, okay. Like the 60s or 70s or something. I knew about the movie. I didn't know mm. it was a TV series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. And uh, Friends is sixth. I thought you'd like that one. Uh. <laughs> so Seinfeld beats Friends in something else, huh? Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. What have you got? Uh, so the, when it was being filmed and because it was so secretive, the working title for the show was called A Tough Nut to Crack which is uh, very appropriate. Um, And uh, audience members who attended the taping, um, and most of them were just family and friends of uh, the cast and the crew, had to sign affidavits swearing not to reveal the events of the episode. Mm. Yeah, crazy. Under lock and key. Under lock and key, indeed. Under lock and key, yeah. yeah. That was a bit of an awkward pause. Can you, I know, can you imagine if someone actually came out and said what was happening? They'd be sued to the You'd just be... You'd just be a shithead. You'd be the shittiest yeah. person. Yeah, like why would you spoiler alert the greatest show of all time? And yeah. this is pre-internet, by the way. So there was like no. Yeah, ninety ninety eight. Oh well, it was like 
internet was like coming on its Baby. own, but it, it yeah. was like in its infancy. In yeah, its but source. information yeah. wouldn't have spread so quickly. There was no yeah. social media. She would have, oh, she, he, they, whoever, the leaker would have had. Of course, looked. it's a woman. Of course. <laughs> Screwing it up for the men. Original sin. Oh. <laughs> Trying to take down the patriarchy one sitcom at a time. <laughs> uh, I mean, they would have had to have gone to a reporter, you know, to like. You know, to like a major news organization yeah. to, to, yeah, to leak the details. Yeah, you would have had details. to actually like mm. leak a story to yeah. a newspaper or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Do you have any other trivia? Yeah, this is actually the airing of the finale on the West Coast coincided with the death of Frank Sinatra. Uh, apparently, his ambulance was able to arrive at his home and then to uh, the hospital very quickly in light traffic because so many <laughs> people, everyone... so many people in LA were watching the show. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. And he was able to live for a bit longer before he passed. There you go. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. What else do you have? Uh, so the price for a 30-second commercial during the airing was uh, about a million dollars. That's right. And uh, it was the first time at the time in American television history that a regular primetime series uh, had that cost of advertising, mm. um, not counting the Super Bowl, which is a, had mm. a had always had high advertising rates yep. because of the uh, red ratings bonanza that it is. Mm. Yeah. So I'm sure that record's been beaten now. But uh, yeah, for 1998, a million bucks for a 30-second commercial was a lot of moolah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And this is the only episode in the series to bear the Seinfeld URL, www.seinfeld.com, in the uh, Castle Rock logo section. Oh. Yeah. So the the only internet one. was just getting born. Just getting born. And just one more that I have. Uh, Frances Bay, she played Mabel Choate, so she was one of the witnesses in the trial. Mm-hmm. This, as an actress, Frances's, or actually for Frances, this was her third series finale she appeared in. She oh, was wow. in the f- series finale of Happy Days and Who's the Boss? Oh, wow. Yeah. She's Two. the Marble Rye lady, right? She is. Yeah. yeah. And she testifies other- against Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, two other big series as well to uh, sort yeah. of end, end uh, you know, end episodes in. So mm, definitely, pretty so cool. She was in those. Pretty cool. Yeah, like like I said before, if you just go to IMDb or just type in the finale and Google, there's so much trivia mm, about no, this episode. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, and not just about the episode, but like the effect it had on television. And there's just so much to go through. So we just wanted to highlight the main ones. Uh, let's talk about some secondary characters. Let's do it. Who should we start with today? Uh, let's start with uh, Kimbra, James Kimbra, the new president he, of NBC. He appears first. Yeah, yeah, oh, he does. As sorts, far yeah. as the secondaries go. The new secondaries, yeah. Yeah, the yep. new secondaries. Well, the ketchup couple are technically the first to appear. I but, did. Um, ha- that's literally how I wrote them <laughs> the down. Chip, yeah. ketchup, 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 chip, ketchup. Ketchup couple. <laughs> Kimbra, he was played by actor and director Peter Rygart. Uh, he's known for the films The Mask and National Lampoon's Animal House. Uh, he was actually nominated for an Oscar in 2001 for his direction for short film by Courier. He was nominated for Best Live Action Short Film. He looks uh, kind of familiar. Yeah, he was the cop in The Mask as well. Mm. Jim Carrey. Oh, no, was he the cop? No, Jim Carrey. Um, no, I think he was the cop, wasn't he? I don't yeah, know. he was in the mask. Yeah, yeah, like not not Jim Carrey's boss, I should say, but right. he's the detective dealing with the, okay. the masks crimes. I think he does look very familiar. Mm, yeah, uh, he's also appeared in TV shows Law and Order, SVU, The Sopranos, Damages, and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. So a very illustrious mm. career uh, for Peter. So Kimbra, he it is introduced in the in this uh, series, I should say, in this episode in the finale. Uh, he says that he started at NBC one month ago. Yeah. So obviously there was the uh, when Russell died. Uh, when he was with Greenpeace, the lady took over. I'm guessing she probably quit or something happened and then he probably took her place because she hated the pilot, didn't she? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I've got a bit of a theory about that because uh, she took over in 95 was the the pilot. Uh, oh, sorry, yeah. the pitch. Pre- yeah, yeah I, don't know, like, I think it was like 94. 94, 95. 95. Um, you know, and that was like peak sitcom time, right? Yeah. And the end of the 90s was sort of the start, the very, very start of the golden age of, golden age of television. Like mm. in 99, The Sopranos started – 
Oz was a couple of seasons through, and they're considered like the first TV shows that mm. revolutionized TV and made it what it is today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess maybe, uh, you know, James was sort of one of the uh, one of the people to really usher in that era. I yeah. mean, he says, you know, yeah. he says, you know, I was reviewing our summer programming and it was all just the same stuff. Just yeah. the same stuff. And I went and through the archives. He says he wants, he's looking for something different that's yeah. going to get people talking, not just necessarily because it's like the same old content. Exactly. Yeah. They want people talking around the coffee machine. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to guess maybe he, you know, he sort of proposed his. Not revolutionary, but definitely his ideas. Yeah, his ideas to the board, and maybe they agreed to push out the uh, old CEO. I can't remember her name. Yeah, I because forgot. you know maybe she just wanted to to rehash the same old stuff. Mm. And you know the board themselves were like, yeah, we we kind of agree that television is changing. The internet is starting to become a thing. You know, they're trying to future proof themselves and and make sure that they don't get left behind like so many other networks did. Uh, and yeah, he kind of Jerry was maybe his first sort of like risk that he was going to take or you know the first thing he was going to do to sort of like follow up on yeah. that on that approach to like well we're gonna we're gonna make nbc a pioneer we're not just mm-hmm. gonna rehash the same old crap yeah they wanted to be like the um i guess the commercial or the uh, the mainstream version of hbo yeah because you know, hbo i think is like a cable channel yeah in the us whereas i think like there's i don't know what it's called what, what's what's free to wear Television in the US called? Is it just called network just, television? I, I'm, I'm I sure. I don't really I, know. I guess no. free to, it just works. normal television. Normal television, yeah. yeah free to air, <clears throat> network television. Like PBS and yeah. stuff like that and NBC. I, yeah, I think NBC, like you said, he, they wanted to be the pioneering um, channel yeah. in that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think you necessarily thought television itself is going to change in that, you know, it's going to be more about higher budgets and higher production values and more character driven. I don't think he foresaw that specifically. I just think he sensed change in the air he's yep. like something is going to change and, and i want to try and be on an, yeah i want to try it. and experiment to sort of catch that wave i don't think he foresaw what the way would be specifically just that something is shifting and i'm just going to try and figure it out and get ahead of that shift rather than sort of get left behind by it maybe if jerry were a real thing there wouldn't be any canned laughter Maybe it's like curb your enthusiasm. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they would have thought for Jerry, oh, let's have it, but uh, no canned laughter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no studio audience. Yeah. I'm sure they. Um, he seems like a pretty experimental, open-minded sort mm. of guy. I'm sure he would have tried a few formats, like you know, let's try it as like a standard sitcom, like a three-camera sitcom with like the studio audience, or maybe let's do like more of a observational fly on the wall, you know, mockumentary style, where it's almost like Gonzo style. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like let's let's try a few approaches and see what. See what works best. See what sticks. Yeah. Mm. One thing I wanted to ask you too is, do you think Jerry and George going to jail would have cancelled it immediately or do you think he would have picked it back up after they got out of jail? I honestly, I mean, it depends because, like, it's such a huge, it's such a huge um, case and such a huge trial and obviously they speak in the episode about like the media circus and the fact that everyone's going to be watching and all that sort of stuff so I feel like in that regard it would be a bit of a loss of like that amount of kind of coverage and media and PR to cancel the show just because the guys were basically convicted of an offense and put in jail and like they're sentenced to a year like they're not even going to be in there for like a whole year you know yeah. so like they probably get released on good eight, behavior or something yeah what's After a six, six to eight or month yeah. delay yep. of a show where you've had like nationwide and international media coverage about mm. these two guys and the fact that um you know Stu and Jay show up at the trial 
as well kind of makes it look like NBC are still... It's like a show of support. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. That's a very good point. I never actually thought about that. Yeah. That's, yeah. So I, I, I don't George is like, they nice drop- plane. Nice yeah. piece of junk. Piece of junk. He, he wanted had the- to step on the plane. <laughs> I he wanted the Ted Danson plane. <laughs> oh, my God. The fucking Ted Danson <laughs> again. 80,000, 800,000 an episode. <laughs> um, Which they ended up getting, I think. Jerry got more than that. I think he got like million and a half or two million an episode. Oh yeah, he was offered two million an episode for oh, season 10, but he turned it down. And then we decided to write season 10. I think yes I think NBC would have still run with the show or if not maybe that show they would have probably found something else for the guys hmm. to they would do have like leveraged based off that. on yeah so based mm. off you know so either like a, a something related to the the actual like trial and the charges if not just like using the momentum and and starting the Jerry yeah I think uh, I think the like if this was a real life situation, I think there would be mostly. I'm sure there would be some people who would think, yeah, they deserve to go to jail. But I think the public would mostly be supportive of them. And go, hang on, well, they just even though they were mean to a guy getting carjacked, do they deserve but to go to jail for that? But they're also New Yorkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would say that they would mostly have they were public out of support. Their natural habitat. Yeah. yeah so, I, so I think if James Green lit a show after they got out of jail, mm. I don't think if they committed some heinous crime that was just morally reprehensible, and they still got the opportunity after they got out of jail, I think there would be so much public backlash of like these guys did something horrible. Yeah. They don't deserve another opportunity. But because the crime they committed in a lot of people's eyes wouldn't be considered a crime. Well, yeah. it is unprecedented. You yeah, know, that it was unprecedented. It's a lack of action. It's it's yeah, that. like they didn't yeah. take. Yeah, and it's ironic that-, that they're jailed for nothing. It's a show about nothing. <laughs> yeah, you do nothing when you're jailed. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so, if people so I think like public- Chopper Reed can go out and have like you know a film and literature and like promotional career after his very prominent. If you're not from Australia, go and watch the film Chopper, starring Eric Banner. Oh fantastic. my god, do yourself so a favour. But yeah. anyway, so if someone you've like gone that and upset your mum, <laughs> look what you've done. That's a <laughs> horrible scene. Look what you've done. I'm so sorry. You've upset your mum. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I know. I know the scene you're talking about. But yeah. you're not laughing at what he's done. You're just laughing. I'm at laughing the, at the ridiculousness. Like just how insane it is. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I think if if yeah, I think that they would have made, been able to come back from that and still have something in television with all of that media coverage. Like, there's no way. Yeah. That they'd just drop it. Yeah, I think networks. Like I said, if if the crime was heinous or just like irredeemable if it was like murder one like that guy in jail yeah or, or something like that yeah. was a small jail sentence but it was not morally gray it was just like they did something horrible and there's no coming back and they got another opportunity i reckon the, I mean, the public national sports you know like if yeah. sportsmen can be i feel like you know that's always a thing people are always getting like duis or whatever, whatever. each other's wives yeah you know, and like family wife. violence stuff and whatever <laughs> yeah, like yeah. there's always you know scandals and different sorts of things going on so in- what you're saying is if if kobe can make a comeback jerry and george can make a comeback exactly yeah <laughs> i'd say so do you have anything else about james uh no i just think you're right i think he's um i think he wants to be the pioneering ceo yeah as mm. well i think he wants to be the guy who puts shows like this on the map yeah 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 and i really liked the way like even just the sort of language he used in that um, interaction, you know, so he talks about, he references the thing about wanting a show like the water cooler mm. um, phenom- phenomenon. Um, 
And then he speaks about like flipping out, watching Kramer and stuff like that. So I sort of really appreciated. I did, you know, obviously he's quite a contrast to Russell um, with that much more. Yeah, like very conservative and a little bit sort of like dubious and, you know, a slow burner. Whereas like Kimbrough seems, you know, yeah, like energetic and and different and is trying a different approach and seems a little bit more like sort of fast and loose, which, yeah, yeah, it's just a nice change. And I think it's also a reflection of his tenure in the position. Mm. I think because he's only been there a month, he wants to, like what you were saying before, Stace, I think he kind of wants to leave his mark. He wants to kind of go big. Yeah, NBC. he yeah. probably wants to be really like show he's really ambitious. But I think and really I think he's on. not reckless. I don't think I think he's smart enough to go. Well, if we just completely change the format of NBC, it will work against us. But if we start to slowly introduce new shows that break the formula, will slowly transition yeah. the audience. Yeah, I think he's smart enough to keep the core. You know what works in 1998. Yeah, but also on the side, start to bring in more yep. experimental material like Jerry. Yeah, you know, starting to push the. Yeah, I don't little... think he would be like reckless and just no. try and transform NBC and just you know turn it into a sinking ship. No. Yeah. So yeah, I reckon he would have been. And I don't think NBC would appoint a president. No, that no, no. That had would that get rid kind of, of a style. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He yep. wouldn't last a month. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, next character uh, who we're talking about, uh, it's Da Hoyt. Shall we yeah, see? sure. Attorney. He's played by James Rebhorn. He's appeared in over 100 films in his career. And yeah, like, he's very, very Very um, prominent. He usually plays like uh, American politicians who've been yeah. corrupted. Like yeah, not, not yeah, like yeah. pure evil guys, but like guys who are, you know, they get corrupted by money or something. They're, they're, they're not awful evil people, but, you know, they'll get a bribe or something. Mm. Yeah, yeah, or you something. Yeah, yeah, he takes them. It's well, funny. Sorry to interrupt. He, yeah. Um, when you were saying before that MASH was one of the shows that had like a higher, you know, viewer rate or whatever. The highest. He, oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. He reminds me of the main guy from MASH. Hawkeye? Yeah. Alan Alder's character? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Like I he's like a blonde, uh, sorry, more a silvery. More of a silver fox. Yeah, a yeah. silvery version of him. But he and he's kind of like tall and skinny. Yeah, 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 yeah. he kind of reminds Almost like me of that guy. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to watch MASH now. I love Hawkeye. that show. Yeah. <laughs> I want to watch Birdman. That scene with Hawkeye when he's reminiscing about you know being on the back of the bus and he thought he had like a chicken in his arms oh no there was the, there was the lady who he thought had a chicken in his arms because of his PTSD it was like a dead baby oh, remember that scene and no. he's like going through it with like the psychologist oh, it's so I haven't watched it since I was a kid yeah oh, I, I just honest. used to watch brutal. it when it was like on was TV brutal. in the afternoons after school yeah oh yeah, yeah. But such that, a that, stable that's, that's brutal anyway yeah. anyway um, so yeah James he's appeared in the films The Game uh, Independence Day and Scent of a Woman He's also had a recurring role in TV series White Collar. Uh, Unfortunately, he passed away in 2014. He was age 65. Oh, Oh my goodness. Yes, fair to you. Very young man. Yeah, so I think like like Kimbra, who we just spoke about before, Kimbra wants to be a pioneer in his field. I think Hoyt wants to be a pioneer in the legal field. I think he wants to be the guy to take them down on the Good Samaritan Law. Because so, that law passed, because the guard uh, at the prison or the, at the jail said that it got passed after all Princess the uh, Diana. Princess Diana. Yeah, all the media just took photos of her instead of helping her out. Um, yeah, I think he wants to be the lawyer to take him down. I mm. think he wants the recognition mm. in that field. Yeah. Well, it's a, it would be a landmark case. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to give him so much recognition. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that they're from, like, you know, what seems like a pretty small, pretty sleepy town in, like, the middle of Massachusetts. So his, like, you know, like the state um, – He's just the prosecutor. So he's yeah. not even like the district attorney. He would be, you know, at a pretty low level. So like if he makes 
that case and gets like that sort of like precedent setting landmark case, he could work his way up to DA. I think he is actually DA a- in the episode. He's actually credited as district attorney. Oh, is he? Or, yeah. Oh, I assumed he was just a prosecutor. <laughs> he's, he's already got there. Maybe he's just well, a then he's on his way. Well, in a small town, like, a, a prosecutor and a DA is probably the same thing. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Like it would depend. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. Uh, Vandalay will retire and he'll become yeah, a judge. Yeah. So he'd either be after yeah. judge or maybe even has political aspirations. Yeah. As and, well. and take uh, bribes like yeah. his other characters. It's all making sense. It's all making sense, full circle. But, like, the fact that it's, like, a a newly or, like, a relatively newly enacted law and it would be, as the as you say, like, the guard in the prison says, it would probably be the first time that anyone's been charged. It would be, yeah. Um, under it. So, like, that is a career-making case. Sure and especially is. with the amount of, like, coverage and stuff. Yeah. And he's very clear about that in the meeting that he has in the office. He was like, you know, everyone's going to be watching. Yeah. This mm. case is going to be based on, you know, like the character of these people and basically like we need to go and dish up all the dirt. And he's obviously done, you know, if you step out of like the fact that this is a show and we obviously know all these things have already taken place, he's done an incredibly good job finding out all those details and getting all those people there to basically like – you know, make the core four look like mm. evil motherfuckers. Because Jackie Charles, when he's doing his opening defense, he makes a really good point. He says that being a bystander is being innocent. Yeah. You, don't have, you can't be a guilty bystander. Like, he makes an amazing point. By definition, a bystander is innocent. <laughs> right now, the car Jackie, he's laughing and lying. Lying and, and laughing. laughing. Yeah, laughing and Yeah. Um, no, I, yeah. I have a bit of a theory about him that kind of combines your two points. I think prior to this case, maybe he had like a run of bad results. Mm. Maybe he was under a bit of pressure, mm. um, you know, because district attorneys are generally, are they voted in? Yep. Yeah, no, I think so. So maybe maybe there was a bit of pressure oh, from that. I from... don't think they are in oh, no, all states. I thought states. judges are. Oh, okay. No, yeah. no, no. I think DAs are, but I don't think it's the same in every single state. Right. I think some DAs are voted yeah. and other DAs. So some are appointed. And some are voted for, yeah. but it varies. Yeah, okay. I don't know much about Massachusetts law. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not speaking for Massachusetts, but that's my. What do you mean? Neither of you are experts on the legal structure of Massachusetts I should state go to, law. I should go to Boston more often. <laughs> Boston. 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 House party. House party. party. Like go to house party. I went to see the movie. The departed. The departed. The departed. The departed. And uh, how old was the departed? <laughs> Motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. <laughs> I love the departed. I love the departed. Anyway. The first the time in the history of firefighting or pussy that you get either. <laughs> <laughs> Hello to our Bostonian listeners. Yes. <laughs> and everyone else in Massachusetts. Sorry for my terrible accent. No, that's okay. Uh, write in if you didn't like it. That's fine. Yeah. You get angry at us like every other Bostonian. Yeah. yeah. Just to finish my point, I think he had like a run of bad results and there was a bit of pressure from if he was voted in the public yeah. or, you know, the governor or of if course. he was appointed you know, his bosses or whatever. And maybe he was just hungry for a, for a situation and, and he just wanted to capitalize on this situation, not only to further his career, but to sort of re reestablish his image. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Maybe just had a run of bad results or there was a controversy. Maybe he did do something that was a bit dodgy. Yeah. Because mm. right. he just seemed, he almost seemed like a vulture. Like yeah, when, yeah, he, when yeah, he heard yeah. about the case, he like, saw the potential yeah. of this case for his career. Absolutely. And like DAs, generally speaking, are very quite politically driven people Mm, and there is a huge crossover between law and politics so to me you could kind of see like that fire in him and he was like right this is it like we're gonna go after this yeah i love that moment where um jackie's doing his opening defense and he looks at um he looks at hoyt and he says you know don't let him set the precedence he's trying to change nature yeah you see hoyt like freak out a little bit you think oh shit yeah because jackie's like you know pretty well known 
And even he even acknowledges that, you know, they're looking, they're sitting in the office looking at the newspaper and it says New York 4, get Childs or whatever. And he's mm. like, oh, they've got Jackie Childs. Like, we need to bring out all the stops. So he's obviously like, you know, not necessarily threatened, but he's aware that he's up against mm. a He real probably fight. feels a bit insecure as well because he's like a small town lawyer versus like a, a successful New York lawyer. Yeah. Just that difference in status mm. and the worlds in which they operate would be mm. quite and like intimidating. like Jackie's like a civil litigator and he's yeah. gone after like huge big name. He's and like down Marlboro. And, and like Kramer yeah. says, he never loses. He never exactly. So he's got yeah. the reputation behind him. So I understand yeah. why he'd be intimidated. And but- obviously he is a parody of Johnny Cox. He represented O.J. Simpson in the trial. And, uh, yeah, I like how there was all these references to O.J. Simpson mm. yeah. as well in the trial. Uh, a lot of people, just uh, the last point on Hoyt is, like you said, Stace, that he went to great effort to dig up all of these people yeah. that the core four had fucked over. Yeah. Everyone, I think most people would agree that Babu Butt is probably the most impressive uh, person that he managed to get over from Pakistan. Yeah, he was able to get him after he was deported I, seasons ago. I was mostly impressed by, I can't remember the security guard's name, the the guy who was a security guard in the cop, uh, in the- um, In the parking. In the parking, no, not the parking space. In the, the parking garage. The parking the guy garage. Who oh, yeah. yeah. Jerry to me, to me, yeah, to me, <laughs> he's the most obscure character because he, the court, like Jerry or Kramer didn't do anything to screw him over. No. Yeah. You know, he just, it was just incidental. He's seen him doing something bad. I think yeah. as well because obviously the, the main four didn't have a criminal record prior. Yeah. And the, probably the worst thing that they did was Jerry stealing a rye, you yeah. know, which is a bad deed in itself. I think with Hoyt, he was pretty, he was clutching at straws. He was like, what dirt can I find on him? Is there any criminal charges? Mm. Anything they did as juvies like juvenile what did they go to juvenile prison nothing they found nothing and i think he he had no solid defense i think to try and convict him and get the maximum five years prison like the guard like the guard in the jail said so i think he probably just said you know what i'm going to show the judge that these are just bad characters and they should be away from yeah. society i think and that's why they got the lighter one year sentence yeah, yeah i think he did a good job of mixing up of like he, he showed a bunch of examples where they just directly screwed people over yeah and also accidentally screwed people over through negligence and also just did things that are a bit unsavory. Like, he, yeah. he kind of, like, he, he presented, like, a mixed bag Morally of things reprehensible. that painted this whole character, well, characters of the core four. So, I think mm. he, he thought about it a lot and he's like... I can't just go with one angle. I need yeah. to do direct offences, yeah. indirect offences, and also just actually, things that are just a bit gross. Yeah, mm. in his opening statement, he speaks about, you know, like that this, the the act or, you know, them sort of violating the civil, uh, sorry, the um, Good Samaritan Act. He's like, you know, speaks about it and says like, this isn't just an isolated event. This is an ongoing, consistent pattern of antisocial behaviour. Yeah. And it's really interesting, like, when you're watching the episode, you know, you love the core four, they get up to crazy shenanigans, they Mm. make you laugh, you think they're wonderful. But when you actually watch this episode, it's weird to reflect over it. And when you see the The different things reflected through, you know, from Hoyt's perspective, you do actually start to go, oh, shit, like, these guys are kind of assholes. Well, yeah. They are a bit well, quite antisocial. Well, that's what I think is the fallacy. Of, like, I know we're not talking about the episode at the yes, moment. Yes, yes. But I think that's one of the fallacies with the episode, I think, because the core four have done all these things where they're negligible, negligently or, you know, yeah. deliberately or whatever. I don't think that they're so cold that they'd let a guy get robbed. You know, but they did. No, they did. But I, I just, I just, I just, I don't know. I couldn't it quite seemed, buy it. it. I couldn't more, buy it. 
I couldn't it seemed it. more evil. It it, it, it looked them. evil. It was like, what's an evil thing? Like, I can probably only think of George doing like one thing that could be considered evil, or maybe right. two. But I I can't see like I didn't quite buy the fact that they just let a guy, even though the guy's like fat. Not that it matters. Yeah. But you know, the guy getting robbed at gunpoint and then and then not doing anything. I don't know. But I, I just, feel I just, like I just felt like yeah, it just didn't work with it me. It seemed too mean. Even too for mean. Them. Too mean. Yeah. 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 Nah. But I think they had to set up a situation where it was like. It had to justify a court case of like they did something extra mean, yeah. Like because if they just were normal level mean or negligent, them being arrested and a court case happening would have been it wouldn't have, it would have been harder to sell from like yeah. a narrative point of view. Yeah. So them them going above and beyond even for their own like shittiness, I, I can I can understand from a writing point of view why they why Larry made that choice of like well I need to show them being extra shit mm. to justify the second half of the episode. Yeah, that's why I couldn't I couldn't Yeah, buy. but it's hard to buy when you're a fan and you sort of it seems yeah, extra mean even for them. Yeah. Like I can kind of see them if they happened you know, so like if they if for some reason they were just kind of if they were sort of watching it from afar hmm. and it was too far away for them to have been able to intervene but they could still have a view of what was going on, then I could kind of see how they'd all stand there and like make the comments. Or alternatively, you know, being closer by, you would think that you would sort of maybe they were like concerned for their safety, that they didn't want to go and intervene, but, you know, they just kind of stood back and, and did nothing. Hmm. But the fact that they're standing like a few metres away from this guy. Nobody moves a muscle. Yeah. Obviously, Kramer gets the camera out because uh, he's mm. going on holiday, so uh, he's got mm. his camera. And then they fat shame the victim. And then they stand there and, like, yeah, and, fat like, completely just, yeah, like, degrade this person. Like, it is hard to see all of that taking place from the core four because they're not typically, like, malicious people. No, they're not. People. No. But then I also kind of got the sentence watching the episode you know, they've just gone through this kind of near-death experience. They're all shaken up. They're supposed to be going to Paris, and yet here they are stuck in this, like, bumfuck town. No no offence. Um, it looks very lovely. Yeah. yeah I like it. I'd look it there. looks really similar like, to those towns in um, the Gilmore Girls. Like Pleasantville. And- yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, no, what I mean is, like, for, for a bunch of New Yorkers, they're in this very sleepy, quiet little town um, so they're not really their usual selves, and yeah. I think that also maybe contributes to. The, it's like they're sort of like alienated from what's going on in a way, and they yeah. sort of stand back and and watch because they're sort of out of sorts themselves. Yeah. Well, That's in the fall's def- yeah. Well, in the fall's defense, and I'm surprised it's something that wasn't written in or or whatever. The guy had a gun. Yeah. Now the well, part do of a good Samaritan see it, though, because you just see well, his finger and you his see his pocket. finger, in, but you would assume like. You know, you think if Jackie was a better lawyer, mm. Jackie like would use the argument saying, "Oh, the guy perceived to have a gun in yeah, his pocket." Yeah, it's a threat. Well, how, and and the Good Samaritan law, um, like the guard explains that the Good Samaritan law applies if it's if, reasonable. If it's reasonably safe to go, like obviously, if a guy's even just showing a silhouette of a gun or something, yeah. you would a, a normal person would think he's got a gun. I better not go near him. Yeah, but I you think know? I think that defense would fall apart pretty quickly as soon as you play the video because it's not like they were running for their own safety. They were like. None of them said, oh, my God, he's got a gun. What do we do? Let's Uh, run away. They were just casually watching it. Mm. And they were were so calm. So you think the video fucked them? 
A hundred percent. For sure. Video, it, video it, didn't, yeah. it didn't, Even when they watch it in the trial, they're all Yeah, like, they're just like, oh, this George is likes real. his line. Yeah. This is really bad. Yeah. Yeah, George yeah. like does like a little head nod. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I got the sense also that it was like a bit of a like New York thing, you know? So like if you were in New York and you saw someone getting like carjacked or, you know, mugged in the street or whatever, you just wouldn't intervene because like people in New York probably would fucking kill you. Like if you turned around and tried to well, get like in Elaine the way. Well, like Elaine says to George in the parking space, people kill in this city for a parking space. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like it's like the New Yorkers in them is the thing that means that they're just standing by and watching it because, like, you wouldn't go and step in. Mm. And then also, you know, that kind of, like, dry, sarcastic kind of thing where they're standing there and, like, you know, obviously, like, the fat shaming is awful, but in the context of 1998, it's probably not as bad then as it seems to us now. Yeah. So, like, at the time, obviously, it's harsh, but it was also probably a bit funny, unfortunately. No, that was the humour back then. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, it's less, it's kind of less ill-intended, I think, if you look at it in that context. Mm. But it is still a bit hard to get your head around. But your point about them just going through a near-death experience and maybe being a bit uh, out of sorts Shook. is a good point. Yeah. Because, mm. like, you know, when you go through something traumatic or something that is not normal, mm. you, you're not sort of, you're slightly disconnected. And you are, yeah, you're, I was going to say, you're a little dissociated from the things mm. that are going on, which is kind of that, like, disconnect yeah. of them just kind of standing I think that would have been a good angle for Jackie, actually, to be like, well, they just went through this near death yeah. experience. They weren't I'm themselves. It didn't come up. But, but yeah. again, I think that defense would have fallen apart as yeah. soon as um, Hoyt just said, like, watch the video. Yeah, like, well, watch the video, but also <laughs> listen to these 50 the other, other testimonies. Case, case closed. Yeah, it's not yeah. like they're nice people and then they were Here's mean eight ones. years no. of examples of <laughs> exactly, them being yeah. like dirtbags. Exactly. Yep. Anyway, that's all I had about Hoyt. How about yep. you two? No, yeah, I didn't have anything more about him. <laughs> uh, why don't we talk about uh, the cop who makes the arrest? Oh, yeah. Matt Vogel? Matt Is Vogel. It Vogel or Fogel? Uh, Fogel or Vogel? Oh, yeah, Officer Vogel. Vogel. Uh, Fo- no, Fogel. Fogel. Yeah, he's played by Scott Jack. Uh, yeah, I don't have any credits of him, <laughs> just his name. Okay. Yeah, no, he. Um, well, I think he just arrives like after the robbery, like after the the carjacking. Like he, like I don't think he saw the whole thing, uh, but he probably just saw, you know, the car drive off, the Howie, the the guy, you know, freaking out, and then the core fall laughing and stuff, and mm. Howie's obviously traumatized. I yeah. think he probably came in after the fact, and he thought, oh. You know, these yeah, guys I mean, the it law. looks like it happened. The robbery, the carjacking, looks like it happened on like one of the main streets of the town. All two of them. <laughs> or yeah, so it, it doesn't surprise me that he was close by. He's probably just hanging out the local know, in cop. the diner. Yeah, in the diner or just cruising the streets, keeping yep. an eye on and things. And yeah, he it it doesn't seem too unbelievable that you know he just happens to be right next to a carjacking. Mm. Uh, the only couple of things I had about him, he seems like a re- very like honest, decent cop, yeah. someone someone who takes the law very seriously, but not in a personal way or not in like a. He doesn't seem like a like an asshole cop who just wants to use the badge badge to prosecute people or fuck people over. I think he just respects the idea of law and order. Law and order, yes. he does, and he upholds that regardless of who the yes. victim is. It's, and he it's not an arbitrary application yeah. of the law. And he upholds that on the witness stand. Like, yeah. literally, Hoyt asks him two questions. His answer is just yes and yes. Mm. Like, he could have easily just ripped on the court mm. floor. But yeah. he just goes, did they do this? Yes. Yeah. What about this? Yes. yes. That's it. He seems like That's a typical, uh, and I don't mean this in a derogatory sense, like a typical small town cop. He probably, you know, finished high school. Uh, maybe he went to college, but he probably joined the academy as soon as he, you know, and he's been a cop in, in Latham for his whole life. Yeah, yeah. And he's worked his way up to whatever rank he is. And I wouldn't be surprised if his, you he's know. He's only his, an officer. That's his credit. 
Oh, right. That's yeah. true. That's true. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got a family history of law enforcement as well. Mm. Like maybe yeah, his dad yeah. was a cop or his, his mom or whoever. Whoever. Um, yeah, he just seems like a honest small town cop who's mm. who, the law is above anyone. Yeah. Like it's the law first and then Cause it doesn't seem, personal circumstance second. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he – because obviously when he steps in front of them and says, oh, excuse me, and they're like, oh, no, like we didn't, you know, we didn't have anything to do with this. And then he's like, yes, that's, you know, that's what that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then obviously they all get, you know, shocked and he explains like the new law and all this sort of stuff. But I do – like I definitely agree with you in that, you know, it doesn't seem like he's – purposely going after the four because they're out of towners because mm. they're outsiders or something like that it's just like well this situation has occurred yeah this law hasn't you know been adhered to and now i'm going to charge you with it and even the fact that like in the scene like he kind of turns and walks away and just like waits for them to follow him like it's a very sort of small town kind of thing to do obviously. everyone just leaves their doors open yeah rather than like slam <laughs> yeah he's like you're all arrested you have to follow me them. and then he kind of like turns and walks away <laughs> yeah. and everyone just looks at each other if that was anywhere else i'd do a runner and be like yeah. see you <laughs> i'll see you mate um off to the plane but yeah <laughs> so i agree with you like he does seem like you know everything's it's not a just personal, by the book yes yeah, yes sure very is. sort of like professional and um yeah just very much like adhering to like public you know, public order. Yep. 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 The law is... He's a conventional priority. police officer. Yeah. Exactly. And especially yeah. when it comes to, like, small towns as well. Like, police aren't this there to stop crime or, you know, for crime-related stuff. They are actually, like, pillars of the community. And yeah. they do maintain order and, and sort of, you know, theoretically at least, um, and support the community and that sort of stuff. So I definitely see him in that space. Yeah, I think he'd be highly respected mm. amongst all the townspeople in law enforcement or outside of... Yes. Uh, do you have any notes on anyone else? Uh, yeah, I've got notes on Howie. Um, so he's the victim. Uh, he's played by actor and stand-up comedian John Panette or Panay. I think it's pronounced. I'm not too sure. Um, he was known for The Punisher and duets, those films. Uh, he received an American Comedy Award in 1999 for funniest male stand-up comic. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Is um, The Punisher a movie, an autobiographical movie about Banya? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> welcome back. Like a midday movie. Like, welcome back to... The Punisher. <laughs> Isn't it That's that gold, show Jerry. with gold, Jerry. the guy from oh, yeah, yeah, the, superhero the show. zombie movie? I think so, yeah. It's like a it's like a Marvel yeah. TV series. And he's like, he's kind Netflix. of a bit it's like Luke Cage or whatever. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, like he's... super strong and he heals really fast oh, yeah. and he like beats the living shit out of people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but he was actually, it was like a, a film in the 2000s called The Punisher. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he was in that one, yeah. Right. Um, he Unfortunately, he passed away as well in 2014. Oh, Jesus. He was only 50 years old. Wow. So yeah. many... So many middle-aged men passing away. Oh, I mean, hey. 50 isn't even really middle-aged, is it? Mm, no. That's well, like, you know, that's, yeah. that's borderline. Yeah, I um, That is really sad and unfortunate, mm. um, but also, you know, the health implications of being a person of that. I mean, you know, that's just assuming that he never changed his size. Well, actually, I've seen photos of him and he actually got thinner. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. yeah. He was he, he was an obese. Yeah. Like, I saw a photo of him, like, on IMDb from, like, 2002, 2003. Mm. It was pretty good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was thinner. So, anyway. Mm. There's something wrong there. Uh, I don't know how he supposed to die at 50. Passed. Yeah, I don't know how yeah. he passed. But anyway. Um, yeah, so Howie, yeah, he was the victim of a robbery, which I think robberies are really unusual. or Carjacking is unusual in Latham. Highly. Very highly unusual. Everyone knows your name. Like, cheers. Um... And I think Howie was just going along with his day, and then yeah, he got jacked. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He almost seemed like a cartoon character. I think it was his yeah. voice. He was like, oh, "Officer." Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Just, he was like I a caricature. 
Yeah, he was, it was a almost little. Like a young, it took me out of the Newman, situation a bit. Yeah, yeah, like, kind of like a young, like Apprentice Newman. But yeah, it without was the, also, without the evil, yeah, without, without the, the pure evil. Yes, yes, his yes, like yes. Oh, his hopelessness, and I guess like you know, kind of vulnerability was like a little bit camped up in the show. And yeah, you're right. He was like a cartoon character. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he was. And he's like, they ridiculous. did nothing. Nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you kind of you want to see him in like a, a nappy, like that you know, the baby in um Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Although no, he the smoking, has that, the smoking he, baby. Yeah, no, that's yeah. the wrong thing. But yeah, like I kinda of got that really like sulky, like I mean, well you would sulk if you got carjacked, but he just seemed a little bit too hammed up yeah. for what it really needed. It was a bit ridiculous. But he wasn't needed for much. He just needed to be like the victim in the whole situation. But like I mean like the, the way that they portrayed him in the show. Yeah. I you know, you. and like the fact that he's like, you know, the guy's like, get out of the car. And he's like, I'm going, I'm going. And again, and like, I, I think it's coming back to the humor of fat people in the 90s. Yeah. I think, you know, fat people. like Fat jokes if, were like if, a thing. If you watch yeah, like, um, Married with Children. the clumps. Mm. Yeah. Or Married with Children. If you watch Al Bundy, the main character, he ripped into fat people. Yeah. Like he would like tear shreds off him. Yeah. You know, like right. that humor, like fat, like against yeah, fat Yeah, 1998. That's, yeah. oh, fuck, it's 21 years ago. Yeah, 21 <laughs> years ago. Crazy. Uh, um, um, but, yeah, I think that's probably feeding into the, you know, the way that fat people were portrayed in comedies. Yeah. You know, like but, like, it's awesome to buffoonish. hear that the year yeah. after this came out, he won Best Comedy Comedian of the Year. That funniest male stand-up comedy yeah, of the American Comedy Yeah, so that's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Good on you, mate. Yeah, Sorry good on you, mate. you're not with us anymore. Oh, mm. well, but you did you did okay considering uh, what they gave you for the role. Yeah, mm. considering you got carjacked, you came a long way. <laughs> oh, wait, that, that didn't happen. That wasn't no. real. <laughs> you walked a long way. <laughs> the final secondary that I have notes on, uh, Judge Arthur Vandelay, uh, played by Stanley Anderson, appeared in the films Armageddon. Don't want to close my eyes. Armageddon out of here. <laughs> Me too. 2002 Spider-Man and Robocop 3, the worst one. Uh, TV shows include... <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's its official title. In brackets, the worst one. <laughs> the worst one. <laughs> TV shows include Dangerous Minds, NYPD Blue and The Drew Carey Show. Uh, he passed away as well only last year. Oh. Uh, in 2018, he was 78. Okay, that's a more like acceptable age of death for mm. an old man yeah not 50 or 68 yeah anyway so george he saw the name vandalay and he thought it was a good luck yeah it's a good sign <laughs> so he was pretty wrapped so what are the chances that you go through an alias and then you get to you know you you appear in court and the judge has that same alias i mean yeah, that's like that's a one in a trillion chance isn't it yeah and it's not a uh, common last name definitely not no not at all yeah and and i guess art isn't really a common name these days or arthur. arthur arthur yeah arthur. okay true yep. yeah yeah Anyway, yeah, so he was, I think, like um, like the cop, Officer Fogel, I think he's just, well, he seemed a bit tiresome of the case, I think. I'd, something told me he kind of was just going through the motions of it. He was like, well, good the- Samaritan case. It was like, oh, I know it's like a, like, there's no precedence for this law, but it's like, oh, come on, man, can I get like a murder case? Or <laughs> I, think, I think it would have been a case of, he probably on like a deep personal level thought, Look, they are assholes and they technically committed a crime, but do they deserve to go to prison? Mm. I don't know. That's but probably think, why he gave the one year. Um, but I think because of the yeah. media pressure, yeah. that would even if he wasn't aware of it, that would influence. You're like, well, the cameras are the cameras are on the whole town. There's reporters from all over the world. I've got to make some decision. I can't just be like, no, nah, it's all good. Mm. So I think the pressure from the media maybe would have pushed him to make a harsher sense like maybe mm. if there was maybe if it wasn't high high profile and no one cared about it maybe he would have given them like a suspended sentence with yeah. a good behavior bond or fine them or something yeah, like that. yeah yeah sure yeah but i i think like um officer so, vogel yeah, i think yeah. he's very just like moralistic 
you know, he's got that small town sort of integrity. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not really, he, he hasn't really been tainted or he's not too cynical. But he um, is, he does give them a real, like, when he, like, um, delivers his sentence, he does speak about, like, what does he say? Like, utter disregard for everything that is, like, good, good and, and decent. Yeah, and decent. Yeah, so to rock the very during foundation. During the course, like, uh, sorry, during the trial, um, you know, he, he, I can see how you think that he looks a bit bored and disinterested because he's just giving nothing away yeah. in his face because yeah. he's trying to be impartial mm. and objective and, like, taking all the information. But then when he goes and hands down the sentence, you can see that, you know, even though he doesn't give them the maximum, he does only give them the year because, you know, yeah, they didn't actually technically do anything wrong. But he does definitely agree with the case that Hoyt has made to say that this is like an ongoing pattern of, you know, disregard for society's code of of conducts and ethics. And even though they haven't technically broken the law before, they have failed their duties as citizens of a moral and just society. And I think that is why he actually ends up you know, giving them the sentence yeah. um, because of this kind of, like, persistent lack of moral action. Yeah, yeah. he even he says thinks- you need a good year to think about what mm. you've done. Yeah. 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 What does he and say? You've rocked it. the foundation on, on which our society is built. Oh, wow. Yeah, See, that's which, huge. Like, yeah. that's what someone would he say He seems genuinely down. shook. Yeah. Like, he, I don't think he comes across many people like the core four in his small town. He even says, I don't know how the four of you went made it into each other's lives yeah. or something mm. like that. Yeah. He just says, I don't and know I how. also love that um, Estelle, like, creeps into his oh, yeah. to try and makes a yeah, pass yeah, yeah, at yeah. him. So do you reckon uh, he nah. stopped short? No. Or? No. Uh, no. No, 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 no. He doesn't even He looked a bit repulsed, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not repulsed, but like just I think, concerned. like you just said, like, because on. he's such he's got such a strong moral compass, and he's all about you know like upholding the law. Exactly, the fact that you know a defendant's mother is trying to make a sexual you know an exchange. Or well, his remark favors. about it is this is highly irregular. Well, can, <laughs> can we think of it the other way? And it actually like her seduction reduced the sentence. Can we go from that side of the coin? I mean, you could. Can we go from that side of the argument? You could. Maybe she, he was going to give him like three or four years. And Estelle Maybe managed he was g- to talk him down. Yeah, she gave him one and then he gave them one. Frank became uh, <laughs> Frank. Frank became, uh, <laughs> Frank became a cook-old, you know, mm. for, that, for that trial. And, uh, you know. I love how Frank, it's a bit off topic, but... Frank's immediate concern concern after their sentence is, we've got to go because we've got to beat traffic. We've got to beat like, the He doesn't traffic. care that Estelle's his son's actually just... fainted. Yeah. Estelle's not like, even conscious. Up. We've got to beat traffic. That's like when jo- when they think George is dead in that episode and then, he, you know, Estelle's crying and then Frank's like, how could you give away this, <laughs> this fucking player <laughs> for this million dollars? Yeah, he even gets up um, Steinbrenner in an episode. He's like, how could you pay whatever player $12, 12 million? Dollars? Yeah, 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 yeah. He cares. Oh more about the Yankees than his son. Yankees and traffic, they're the only two things that he cares about. And <laughs> making sure that his son doesn't join groups that go around mutilating squirrels. From last week, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But that's just brought yeah. up something for me, actually, like that I made a note about, not necessarily relating to Vandalay, but I found it quite interesting um, in the episode the way that they refer to the core as the New York Four mm. um, because there's actually a few really high-profile cases, obviously much, much more serious than this one, but you've got like the West, West Memphis Three 
and then the Central Park Five. Oh, yeah. Um, so I found it interesting that they used the term like New York Four and obviously they do kind of depict them as these, you know, like predatory sort of devious characters and, you know, there's no real – well, I mean, in this case we have video evidence obviously. So in this case we have hard evidence. But it also kind of to me sort of speaks and also nearly about the OJ trial as well. It's all kind of like folding into each other that rather than relying on, you know, the evidence of what happened in the thing, it's about paint the picture that they paint about the characters and, you know, the, the basically like a character assassination or or a particularly like negative, you know, view of the characters, which kind of is the way that those other trials were run and were yeah. successful in prosec- false prosecutions I think of that's people. pretty normal in high-profile heavily uh covered by the mm, media trial for sure yeah but it yeah. just like to me it just jumped out at one point because i saw the thing about new york four and i was like oh like the because i just recently watched when they see us which is about the central park five okay. and obviously like the west memphis three is like super famous so i felt like they were like kind of purposely like mm. you know in the middle of yeah anyway that's yeah just no, the new york four is like a, a good media grab as well yeah sure it's, you know, it's like the barley nine yeah you know, exactly <laughs> that sort of thing usually yep. like they associate like the Five, location six seven eight <laughs> <laughs> wrong steps now i've got that bloody song in my head <laughs> you're welcome bloody um but yeah anyway disco that was crap. just a weird little thing that popped up speaking of uh songs you don't want stuck in your head becoming stuck in your head a guy at work today I uh, hadn't seen him in a while, and uh, and he goes, "Oh, good to see you, mate." And I'm like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Yeah, it's been a while." And as soon as he said that, I was just like, "It's been a while." Oh, that's I'm like, oh, uh, that stain song. Oh yeah. yeah, it's been a while since I found and oh, yeah, yeah, my yeah. head right. up that high. post grunge. Yeah, you know, kind of Nickelbacky, yeah, two thousands oh, garbage of stuff. Absolute <laughs> trash. Stuff which was cool when we were teenagers, but now it's just like, ugh. yeah, stained is a very appropriate. That's interesting because I got um. <laughs> Uh, who was it? A liar? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. Been oh, a yeah. long time, long time. I should have oh, left yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Left oh, yeah. You yeah. That's the good it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Not the fucking stained it's been a while. <laughs> that's, the one. <laughs> that's where my brain went as soon oh, okay. as you said that. Well, but I it, wish I had your brain. Cause uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, before we put more of a stain on this episode, <laughs> uh, do you have any other notes about Judge Vandalay? No. Uh, no, that's it. That's it. All right. Well, that's all the secondaries. Unless there's anything else you want to uh, talk about. Uh, I just wanted to give a, like... Um, what's that thing? Like something mention honorable mention mm. um to the ketchup couple. Oh like, yeah, at the they were fantastic. Yeah, yeah I just they did really well. loved that little scene. That actor, the woman yeah. with the ketchup bottle, she's someone. Yep, she's great. Um I've seen her face before. I just really loved that scene and it was such a like New York interaction. I think it sort of set us up somehow for like the stuff that was gonna come yeah just like the ridiculousness of it and even like when the guy there she was like oh we finished with it and the guy's like you know like he looks so like pensive and thoughtful over like ketchup i just thought that was great should we give it to him yeah (laughs) who does that (laughs) to say no well yes like and just and just before we go to the break i'll just uh read out the witnesses in the trial in order of who uh were witnesses in that one uh mabel choate 
uh, Marla the Virgin, Donald Sanger, okay, the Bubble Boy, Lola from the Handicapped Spot, she's the lady mm. in the used wheelchair, uh, Dr. Wexler, uh, Sidra, uh, Bookman, Robin, George's episode girlfriend from the fire, uh, the security guard from the parking garage you mentioned mm-hmm. before, Steve, uh, Detective Hudson, he was off screen in the Wigmaster episode, uh, Leslie the Low Talker, George Steinbrenner, Marcelino from the Little Jerry, Roger the pharmacist from the Sponge, uh, Fred, he was Elaine's episode boyfriend in the pick, the one where uh, she showed his nipple, yep. uh, her nipple rather, uh, Mr. Pitt, uh, Yevka Seen the Soup Nazi, and finally Bubby Butt. Ah, okay. Yeah, so there you go. If, if they could only have one character witness... Uh, if Hoyt could only get one character witness for some reason, for mm. the sake of this question, who do you think would have been the best one for him to pick to try and put them in jail? I think the Bubble Boy, okay. because he probably would have used like his disability, and mm. you know they would have said, "Oh, you know George burst the bubble." Yeah, and he was probably trying to like attack. And the, he could the have boy. like very like the potential for that to have been like a very critical incident for the health of the Bubble Boy was huge. Yeah. Obviously, Babu Bart getting deported to. Pakistan. Well, that was a mistake with the papers, though. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. like... It was still I, negligent. He, but, and he, yeah, the way yeah. he sees it, yeah, you know, and it was a lack of action and, like, consideration. Like, it wasn't malicious. Yeah, but I like how the bubble boy is such a prick, but mm. they all make him out to be, like, this sympathetic figure. Yeah. Well, that's because like he new, knows yeah. how to manipulate yeah, people. Yeah, he does. So, I think they Hoyt would probably use the bubble boy. Mm. Because, but then you know, also, like, you know, with dis- people with disabilities and stuff, they yeah. probably work that angle. You yeah, know, like, no, you know, people do exploit that for, to yeah. Well, because it's someone sympathy. who's more vulnerable than, yeah. you know, someone who's completely able-bodied, Yeah, you know, I think for example. Probably use or you could yeah. argue that at least. I'm not saying that that's necessarily the case. But obviously, like, Marla, you know, Marla's testimony about the contest, like, everyone in the court kind of loses it at that point. Um, and, you know, she seems, like, traumatised <laughs> even having to talk about it. So, you know, even though to us that's, like, a fairly minor sort of infraction, it mm. does seem to have a really big impact in the case. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. That's I was going to say, like, the only direct, well, again, based on the little I know about American law, the only crime that is very obviously committed is Jerry, like, mugging an old woman mm. for, for a piece yeah. of bread. Like, yeah. if it was just Jerry, you would just use that because it's like, mm. you've robbed someone. Mm. Or the Rosses, obviously, for Susan's death. Cause, yeah, you know, that could be, like, negligent manslaughter ab- or something. Yeah, and when the doctor's talking George. about George's lack of, you know, reaction. Well, it restrained, restrained jubilation? jubilation. Yeah. yeah. Best way to put it. And yeah. then the Rosses, obviously, you know, what? Ah, he killed our daughter. Like, he knew those envelopes were toxic. Yeah. It was pretty uh, dark house. Uh, what's Susan's dad's name? Um Oh, Mr. Ross. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Ross, how he goes to the gun shop and he gets a gun and he kind of looks at it like, oh. I'm going to, you know, if I, I think in his mind is like, if, I'm going to uh, shoot if, George. Yeah, if he doesn't get sentenced to jail, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, kill him myself. So George yeah, like lucky on the steps went, of the courthouse. Yeah. So George is lucky he went, bloody went to jail. Yeah, he saved Jeez. his life. He would have been Jack Ruby style on uh, Lee yeah. Harvey Oswald. That's it. <laughs> Shot outside the court. Anyway, that yeah. is all the secondary characters for the finale. We'll take a quick break and then after that, we'll discuss the, uh, where the episode sits. Uh, in our episodes we've reviewed so far and whether mm-hmm. any of the secondaries appear in our top 20. We'll be back. I do not know how or under what circumstances the four of you found each other. But your callous indifference and utter disregard for everything that is good and decent has rocked the very foundation upon which our society is built. So we've been talking about the finale of Seinfeld. So, Stephen, out of 107 episodes, where does the finale sit in your episode list? It sits at 107. 107, okay. Yep. Fair enough. The uh, worst one. Yeah. I don't really like it. Fair enough, um, yeah. I yeah. Underst- I appreciate its function, mm-hmm. but as a standalone episode, 
don't care for it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I remember watching it maybe five years ago, and I at the time I thought, if I never see this episode again, wouldn't care less. Mm. Yeah. I can't really say that about other Seinfeld episodes. Even ones that I rank low, I'd happily rewatch. Yeah. Uh, the courthouse scene is just a farce. It's yeah. just a it's, it's a mock it, trial. Yeah. Essentially. And the first half, which kind of just feels like a very bad standalone episode, is boring. There's not many jokes. I just didn't care about any of it. I didn't laugh once. The only kick I got out of it was, you know, like a mild like, oh, I remember that secondary character. Mm-hmm. And because yeah. we focus on secondary characters, it probably meant a tiny bit more to me. Mm-hmm. But other than that, didn't give a shit about it. Fair enough. Yeah, for me, 105. Okay. So, yeah, like I said, not the worst, but one of the worst. Yeah. Yeah. I Look, I, I didn't buy the fact that, you know, despite the flaws of the characters, the core four and what they've done, like, besides Jerry stealing the rye, he's, they've never done anything malicious, and they're not malicious people. And I, th- I don't buy them, you know, even though they're from New York. I know you made that point before, Stace, but if you see someone get carjacked, you know, that's pretty traumatizing. Well, like, I, think, I can I think understand I, yeah. inaction. I can't understand inaction coupled with mocking. That's what I mean. Like, that's, you know, I couldn't buy it. Like, yeah. they're not cold people. Yeah, like one that. or the other, but not both. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. And uh, I, I know you don't have an official ranking, Stace, but uh, if not you have great. To, not great. No. Down the bottom? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you, you've both already made very valid points. Um, you know, I, we only just recently did the pitch, so I felt like the first half of the finale was basically just a revamp of the pitch. Yep. Yeah. But nothing yeah. fresh or new. You know, we've mm. already been there and done that. And then the trial, you know, obviously, like I see what they were trying to do, but it just wasn't. It just wasn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just didn't work. And I can see why it's really polarizing. Yep. You know? Yeah. And, and of course, you know, if you enjoy the finale, if you're listening, like, that's fine. You know, obviously. I also, I didn't like the way that it made me kind of look at the core four differently. Yeah. Surely you would have realized before the trial that they're pretty awful. But people. when you see it, like, awful, magnified not, not and laid out awful. and, like, that's you true. know, yeah. yeah, never criminally not awful. Criminally. But, like, when you see it all, like, condensed in that way, mm. they come off worse for it. Yeah. And it true. does, it, it's a different lens to see them through. And I didn't like having to sit in that space. True. Do you think the show should have ended? I ha- I've actually read some commentary online. People are saying that the show should have ended at the, at the plane crash. Mm. So, like, like the plane well, crash should have been end, it. That's 23, right? Mm. That's the end of 23. But that should have been, like, and then the finale. 24 yeah. is, like, the well, next. Well, they all should have just died. Or well, it that's what some people think. Or at least... That's uh, you not know, a way to or, go. Or at least maybe, you know, the plane, something happened, they had to go back to New York. And yeah. then and then the season ends uh, in at Monk's. Okay. And then they talk about what happened. They're mm. like, oh, the plane faulted or something. Yeah, and, yeah that would have know. felt better in yeah. that if they just returned to their normal lives, their trip gets cancelled. And then the final scene is at Monk's. Yeah, yeah. and they the, just talk about nothing. The whole nothing. stuff with the trial and, like, everything, like, that just wasn't... It was it was cheese. I know they wanted to bring back all the secondary characters, and, and I, I, I admit... It's such a lazy way to go about yeah, it. Yeah, but I, I in that regard, like, I do admit, like, probably one of the best ways to do it is, like, a trial like yeah. that. But I just don't like the way the trial was written. Yep. I think it was it was basically set up right from the start for them. Like, they weren't going to, you know, yeah. make it. You know that they were fucked. Yeah, if <laughs> they know? were found innocent, it would be like, well, what was the whole point of this? From a narrative point of view, what was the point of doing this? Like, there was actually, zero payoff. Yeah. Actually, on YouTube, there's actually an alternate ending where they say not guilty. Oh, and then everyone's shocked. Okay. Yeah, and then it cuts. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, they actually recorded a not guilty verdict. Probably huh. just to stop it from getting out as mm. to what happened. Yeah. Before it aired. Yeah. Mm. But True. then other people were saying it should have been not guilty, and then the next scene should have been them back in New York. Okay. Months, thinking, like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would like that better. Yeah, yeah that would have like worked. Better too. Uh, any of the secondary characters appear in your top 20? No, none of the new ones, no. Okay. So, nah, no. same. That's all right. 
Uh, that is it for another week, oh, but I don't want to be a secondary character. Thank you so much for listening. This is a bit of a longer episode, and thank you, Stacey, once again for joining us. It's thank always a pleasure. Thank you. It's been great. Thanks uh, for having me, albeit a little tired. You're always welcome, tired <laughs> or alert. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email bidwabaspodcast at gmail.com. You can check us out on social media. All the details are in our show notes. You can rate us or review us on any podcast service that you choose to listen to, and uh, that would be amazing. And finally, if you want to support us financially, you can head to Patreon, uh, and you can donate a few bucks a month for some exclusive content and early access to episodes and we do have a paypal as well again all the details are in the show notes and uh what are we doing next week next week we are doing the watch the watch i love that episode yeah so we're going back to season four it's a good one that'll be a good one awesome (laughs) yes my name's ivan and i'm steven and i'm stacy and we will see you next week for the watch you take care bye bye